been a long time since somebody's come in here and said, I'm already lean enough. I don't want to get any leaner. Usually that's one of, that's a common thread. So um, upper body movement, lower body movement, core movement, cardio interval. And the cardio interval can be um, something, it can be 30 seconds. It can be two minutes, but I usually don't go over that. I think after a while that starts to look a little lazy. So um, you put that in and I try to do big multi-joint movements versus a lot of isolation exercises. Obviously I get some people want to, you know, pump it up and, and I understand that that's a factor. So I'm not going to neglect the, uh, the aesthetics, but I try to give them stuff that gives them more bang for their buck. And I try to include multi-planar training. So it's not uh, all sagittal plane front to back, you know that, but just in case um, we try to put in things that are going to serve them in real life. Right. So sagittal plane, frontal plane, transverse plane. Uh, and we try to go, High, low, low, high, uh, across the middle, uh, overhead, uh, as many ways as we can to shock the body. Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. I want to say a big thank you, and, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. With every episode, I try to look for guests that can help you think differently about fitness, whether that's a researcher who's in the lab understanding how exercise influences our body, whether that's an athlete who is putting it into application, putting it into practice, and, and performing at the highest level of a sport. And today, it's a lot of fun to catch up with somebody who really understands the science. He understands the research. He understands how exercise impacts the body but he works with some of the highest profile individuals, both athletes and people you might know from movies, to be able to put it in action. That voice you heard in the beginning is strength coach and personal trainer, Gunnar Peterson. And Gunnar works with a very unique clientele because he's based out of Los Angeles, California. And LA, as you well know, is the entertainment capital of the United States. I want to say world, but I know Bollywood is is fighting for that title. But LA is is the entertainment capital of the United States. And Gunner, not only does Gunner work with people who are in the movies, but Gunner has been the strength and conditioning coach for the LA Lakers. And he's worked with a number of professional athletes over the years. What I wanted to speak with Gunner about, though, is his approach to strength and conditioning, specifically metabolic conditioning. You may have heard me say this on here before, but if you can breathe, you're doing cardio. If you're not breathing, then we have other issues going on. But if you're breathing, you're doing cardio. Cardio is delivering oxygen to the working muscles in the body. That's very basic. Anytime you exercise, however, you're tapping into one of your metabolic pathways. You have three metabolic pathways. Therefore, anytime you're exercising for the purpose of trying to expend energy or trying to burn calories, it's a little more appropriate to say that you're doing metabolic conditioning because you're trying to tap into a specific mechanism of your body's metabolism. Are you burning fat by working at a lower intensity? Are you burning more calories through carbohydrate by working at a higher intensity? What I wanted to speak with Gunnar about for this episode was his approach to metabolic conditioning because he works with people who have to be ready for a motion picture, because he works with athletes who just recently won the NBA championship. He knows how to apply this at a level probably that very few people do. And that's exactly what you're getting out of this episode. You're going to get some great insights into strength and conditioning. 
you're going to get some great insights into training systems that work. And if you want to learn a little bit more about fitness, if you want to learn how to design your own exercise programs, then I have a couple of solutions for you. One, I have my book, Smarter Workouts, The Science of Exercise Made Simple. There's a whole chapter in there on metabolic conditioning so you understand how your body responds to exercise. I have chapters on mobility, strength training, everything that you need to know to design exercise programs at work. And the book includes 21 workouts that you can do, each one only requiring one piece of equipment. There's a link down below in the show notes. I also have the ebook, Functional Core Training. Functional Core Training teaches you a six-stage approach to exercise program design based on real research. It will train your body from the inside out. That ebook is only $7. And if you're a fitness professional or you really want to do a deep dive into understanding strength and conditioning, understanding core training, I have the Total Body Core Training course. It's based on the research of Dr. Stuart McGill. It's a four-hour course. It takes you all the way through the physiology, exercise science, and it includes the ebook functional core training. If you're a fitness professional, you do get CECs for that course. All that information is down below in the show notes. And hey, if you want to be kept up to date, if you want to be kept up to date with current science, I put out one or two emails a month from my blog. My blog is PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's PeteMcCallFitness.com. If you go to my website, sign up for my email list, I'm going to send you a chapter from Smarter Workouts. I will. I'm going to send you a chapter of Smarter Workouts. That way you can try it before you buy it. I'm also going to send you a workout that you can do from the comfort of your own home. And from my email list, you will learn how to use exercise to attain your goals. More importantly, to enhance your quality of life. And my focus is how to use exercise to slow down the aging process. So if you want that, then go to PeteMcCallFitness.com, sign up for my mailing list. And hey, if you like this conversation today and you want to see, if you want a great insight into Gunner's environment, into the place that he trains, then go to YouTube. The All About Fitness Podcast channel on YouTube is where I'm now posting the videos of my interviews. So it's one thing if you're listening to it on an audio platform, if you want to be able to see it in person or if you... If you happen to listen to podcasts on YouTube while you're working or doing other things, I find myself doing that more and more out of my own habits, then go to the All About Fitness Podcast channel on YouTube. This is a great conversation with Gunnar Peterson, and you're going to get some great tips and insights from one of the best. Gunnar, how are you doing? And I want to say a huge thank you for your time, dude. I know it's really valuable, so I appreciate you taking the time to join uh, the podcast today. Stop it. We're all working. It's all valuable for all of us. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're doing this. Uh, you know, better you than me on that side of the of the mic. That's for sure. Yeah, right. I, hey, I need to find something useful to do. Now, I want to talk to you about metabolic conditioning, man. I mean, because when we spoke a while back, you said that's like one of your like your secret sauce. And when you do that, and, and we'll talk about who your clientele is in, in a few minutes, but what's your take on metabolic conditioning? How do you use metabolic conditioning in the workouts that you design for most of your clients? I don't know that I want to use the term secret sauce. I'm going to leave that to like you and McDonald's. Um, I, I might've said that that's a key ingredient. Um, uh, I base a lot of things on a couple of things. I, I use a lot of peripheral heart action in my training programming for people who are looking to change body composition to be overall leaner and to move more athletically in the sport of life. Um, obviously if you're training a bodybuilder, which I don't do very often, um, 
that's probably not the best way to go. Uh, if you're trying to put on mass, if you're recovering from something that, that you were, that depleted you and, and reduced you to a very little lean tissue, then my training method, then that method would not be the way to go. Obviously I would adjust on the fly, but really, um, for general population and for athletes, um, at a certain level who are not, you know, uh, and I say certain level because I'm, I'm excluding probably high school athletes, junior high athletes, maybe some college guys, it's not about putting on mass. So I just use that disclaimer. The way I train is probably not the best way for putting on mass, but for maintaining peak performance, especially for, uh, guys who are on a, or, or girls who are on a, um, time sensitive schedule. And a lot of things are, are vying for their, um, limited free time and training time and not cutting into their rest time, which is another huge component. The way I try to build in things that are metabolically, obviously from a physiological standpoint, it's metabolically inefficient, but from the end goal, it's metabolically efficient. And, and real quick, if you explain like kind of like your basic approach with peripheral heart action, because where I want to go with this is just helping people learn how to be more efficient in the gym. Cause I think a lot of people, you can probably agree with this. A lot of the regular average person wastes time resting between sets. If they only have a little bit of time and they're trying to get the maximal results. Well, so then that, that great point when you say they waste time and I would say they're not wasting time if they're trying to um, put on masks, they're not wasting time if they're trying to, if it's just uh, pure strength, they're not wasting time if they're training for a powerlifting meet, but if they're trying to get in, you know, better shape, air quotes, uh, be more fit, there's probably a lot of time that's not used as efficiently as they could. When you get someone to say, you know, I go to the gym for two hours every day. I'm like, who do you hang out with there? You must be hanging out and talking to people like who really, yeah. that's a long time in the gym. If you're pushing at a certain pace, you're going to tap out way before the two hour mark as a rule. And, and that's exactly what I wanted to speak to is. Because I do think a lot of people will make this point about, man, I don't, I can't make time for the gym. I can't make time for workouts with this thought that they need to be there for an hour, hour and a half to have any benefits. When you design a workout, when you're trying to help somebody get great results, what's like the, in your opinion, what's the optimal amount of time that somebody needs to commit in order to get, get something out of the workout? I mean, obviously it's going to be case by case, but we have people look when I was with the Lakers, sometimes those workouts were 15, 18, 20, 22 minutes in out, especially if it's game day, it might be, you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes, bang, bang, bang. And then there's going to be uh, a pregame ritual and there might be a postgame lift. Um, it depends on how many minutes they got. And obviously that's case by case as well. Some guys train a different way um, than others do depending on their minutes and, and how physical their play is and, and, what the game looked like that night. But when you're looking at general population, you know, the way the world's broken down, everything's an hour, right? Unless I guess it's a shrink session and then it's the 45 minute hour. Um, but we try to keep it at an hour and they're in the route that includes a warm up, a cool down. And, uh, we stretch them mostly posterior train, uh, posterior chain stretch, but we, we, we do that for them. Um, and it's a way of sort of, you get your head in the game when you get here and then mentally you you realize that there's you know it's like a good play right it's a three-act number there's the beginning the middle and the conclusion so um that's how we do it here and in between i try to set the pace and i think as the trainer that's a big part of your job is setting the pace not just sequencing the movements not just figuring out the rep schemes 
um, and the tempo. I think it's setting the pace that you go from movement to movement. Uh, the way we do it is peripheral heart action. I told you that's a big part of it because it's been a long time since somebody's come in here and said, I'm already lean enough. I don't want to get any leaner. Usually that's one of, that's a common thread. So um, upper body movement, lower body movement, core movement, cardio interval. And the cardio interval can be um, something, it could be 30 seconds. It can be two minutes, but I usually don't go over that. I think after a while that starts to look a little lazy. So um, you put that in and I try to do big multi-joint movements versus a lot of isolation exercises. Obviously I get some people want to, you know, pump it up and, and I understand that that's a factor. So I'm not going to neglect the, uh, the aesthetics, but I try to give them stuff that gives them more bang for their buck. And I try to include multi-planar training. So it's not uh, all sagittal plane front to back, you know that, but just in case um, we try to put in things that are going to serve them in real life. Right. So sagittal plane, frontal plane, transverse plane. Uh, and we try to go high, low, low, high, uh, across the middle, uh, overhead, uh, as many ways as we can to shock the body. And I think Gunnar, I think what's interesting in, and I was preparing, as I was thinking about preparing for this interview is, is you're one of a few professionals, fitness professionals or trainers is that you work with clients that have a very specific goal. And I'm talking, you've worked with the Lakers. You, you, so you work on performance goals there, but you also work with very high profile clients who are always looking for that next movie contract, for that next show contract. How much of a motivation is that when you're when a client comes to you, it's not like they just, oh, just want to lose a few pounds. They usually have a very specific goal of what they're trying to achieve, correct? Sometimes, and sometimes they come to us with that, and then they do that, and then they come back, and there's some downtime in between that and what the next role may be. So um you know what do you do with the downtime you don't just you don't let them get bigger or smaller you try to kind of hover and people say i just want to stay like this well the body's organic so staying like this is not an option right someone was well, it hippocrates someone said there's uh you're either striving to get better or allowing yourself to get worse there's no such thing as staying the same so if you can put that out there and i think you push you push when you can in the gym because there are a lot of hours when you're not in the gym and there are chances that you'll be doing something that does not serve you outside the gym. So if I can get the most out of you during your time here, we're less likely to be the one step forward, two steps back people. And that's what I try to avoid. That's, I mean, that's really, that's how you, that's how, that's how I think people come back and stay for a long period of time. And that's, you know, a lot of things in the fitness industry are geared towards client retention and you go, how about just do a good job and provide a good service and be pleasant to be around? That's to me, that's client retention. But if you can do that and at the same time, um, their physiques and their performance, whether it's in a sport or just in life, um, you alleviate some makes and pains and, and you help them stay the course. I think you're doing a good job. Well, and then how do you apply on that note? Like how do you apply periodization? Cause I imagine if you're working, if you're working with like professional teams, I know you've consulted with other ones, they have a very finite, you know, you have your preseason, your in-season, your, your goals get to the postseason and peak in the postseason. But say you're working with an executive client, you're working with one of the top agents at CAA. And how would you periodize somebody's program like that? So they're not always trying to gun at a high level. How would you coach them up to think about, yes, it's okay to take a little bit of downtime or to cycle up and down between intensities? I think the people who seek us out are always working at that high level and are always 
trying to stay peaked, but I just had this conversation with one of them yesterday. And I said, look, even the best car, the highest performing car there is, has to go into the shop. It has to go into the garage. You have to drive it around in first and second gear. You can't go flat out all the time and not put gas in it, right? That's just, that's just, that's, that's a way to have it end up either getting wrecked or breaking down. Um, so the way I would periodize that for them is, depending on how long they come forward, not everybody comes and says, hey, I'm committing to you for a year, right? You have some people who say, hey, I want to do this for a month to see how it goes. You have some people who just start and they're sort of, um, it's sort of nebulous, right? There's no really, there's no end in sight, so to speak. So so the way to do it is to find that, to ask the right questions and, and you start to get ahead of, of what could become a problem. And you say, um, what what's coming up? Is there a family vacation? Is there a wedding? Is there a reunion? Um, is there a trip of any kind? Is there something, you know, if you're, if you're an attorney, is there a, a big case you're building for and there's a certain court date? Um, if you're a, uh, who, everybody has little things in their life, right? So you can create your own um, micro and macro cycles based on that. And, and I think that's what we try to do. And you do that nicely without looking like a, like a gym nerd, you know, I'm trying to do a real right cycle for you here. They're, they're going to look at you like you're out of your mind. But if you talk about something coming up, you know, if, if they have kids, I know, are you planning a ski trip? Well, then let's focus on that. Are you planning a, a, a summer trip, a beach trip? Or everybody has something in their life that they're gearing for. And, and it could even be a trip home to see your parents. I mean, it doesn't have to be, you know, mountains or beach. And then, you, you know, you want to look good for that. Or you say, hey, what if we did that thing where where Let's try to use that as what we're peaking for performance-wise and body composition-wise. And usually people can get behind that. Now, and one thing I know you've worked with, and I forget which percussion gun you work with, um, but but where you're using – is it easier for you now that if somebody comes to you because now recovery strategies like percussion guns, like compression clothing, now the, now the recovery strategies are kind of more mainstream and spoken about in the general fitness media – partly thanks to you and some of the, some of the other folks who do media interviews. Um, but are people more aware of now recovery strategies? And, and what are your, some of your go-tos? I know you use a percussion gun, but talk a little bit about what you do for preparing people for after the workout so they can have, so the workout can have the best effect. Um, I do. I use Theragun. I like the product. Uh, I like the guy who created it, Dr. Jason Worthson. He's a friend. Um, uh, and I like the fact that it's constantly evolving you know, it's quieter. It has twice the amplitude of other guns out there. It has different attachments. Um, they have a mini one now, which is terrific, easy to throw in your gym bag. Um, but that said, you know, you brought up percussive, per, uh, percussive devices. So I, I just so we tagged the right one. Um, but but I think overall that that, that um, recovery, right, that's the sleeper or that's the passive pillar um, it's the thing people don't always think about. And sometimes you, uh, they would be, and, and I would too, but they would be better served getting a massage, um, using a percussive device, um, getting an extra hour of sleep than they would logging another workout. So knowing what we know about that now before it was, you know, it was more of the no pain, no gain. Now, sometimes it's, um, no passive recovery, no gain, right? No, no passive pillar. And they, they, you can't always push again. You, you know, somebody goes, Oh, I finished work early today. Maybe I could get in and knock out another workout. I'm like, 
you've trained six days in a row. Maybe today is the day you take off and go home and spend a minute with your spouse. Or maybe today is the day you get a massage, or maybe you get to bed a little earlier, or maybe you lay off the wine tonight. Or So there are ways to, to, to serve what you're doing in the gym and what ultimately is your end goal by doing what may appear to be less, but really it's more. And I think that's a great way to look at it because I do think that people, especially the type of clientele you serve, the reason why they're successful is because they're always looking for that extra little bit, which brings up the question. You mentioned this a while back in a conversation we had. You, you talked about your concept of and one, and I think you mean it a couple of different ways, but I think you meant it specifically in a conditioning way in terms of how do you get people to do sometimes when they need to do that little extra. But talk about your concept of, of and one and what, how you apply that to the conditioning in, to the conditioning world? Uh, in terms of adding, just tacking on that one little thing, whether it's at the end of the workout, we call it the dessert. Some people are like, I don't want dessert today, gee, I don't want dessert today. And I'm like, no, no, look, it's gluten-free, it's sugar-free, it's good for you. <laughs> um, it's just the thing we've, it's just, it's just something, it's a finisher. And it can be a finisher within a set. It can be a finisher within a circuit. It can be a finisher at the end of a workout. It's, it's doing that little extra push, whether it's the rep, whether it's the minute, whether it's the 10 yards or the 10 feet with the sled, whatever it is, you find out the body can do so much more than, than the people think it can and that maybe – even the body knows it can, but, but you can push them. And I think ultimately that's what they hired you for. They brought you in to help them get more out of their body when it's harder for them to tap into it. And, um, you can't always do it right. You can't always run it like that. Sometimes like there's no dessert today. Sorry. And so many times in a row, it's better to lay off. Or if you see that really they are fresh and there is more then you go, no problem. Happy to tack that all. Let me talk to the chef. And and you build it in, you know. Oh, well, now you? What's that? No, no, you're there. You, you're, you're. I got your audio. I don't know what happened to the the video. Yeah. Hang on a second. Yeah. Hang on. My there video. We go. Am I back? Uh, well, tech yeah, devices yeah. just leave. Just leave me with these damn dumbbells. I'm so much better off. Yeah. No. I, so I'm gonna take a pause here and pick that up. And then what you're just talking about with recovery, Gun, I think Gunner, I think and one could sometimes mean getting that extra hour of sleep. But I like that concept because I do think too, not only do I think people sometimes in the gym spend too much time between sets or they spend kind of they you know start chatting with other people. I was just working out before we got on this call. And it's one thing I, I noticed, but I also think they just don't push themselves hard enough, right? They they kind of come in, they kind of go through the motions. And is and that's that's your primary job is to get people out of their comfort zone, right? Yes, but I don't mind that they don't that they're not always pushing, right? I, I did martial arts for years, and sometimes I'd have the instructor. He'd say to me, "Hey, when you get home, you know, work on these snap kicks and these contests and this." And I'd go, "I'm never going to do that on my own. I'm never. That's why I'm here. That's why I take the classes. That's why I try to do the privates. I'm just not geared." to stand in front of a mirror and, and throw strikes and kicks. So I understand when people say, I'm not going to do anything on my own. I don't hold that against them. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. So then you go, well, that's why they've engaged me or they've engaged a trainer. And, and I think you have to be, don't look at that like they're weak or, or they're slackers. This just may not be the vein 
that they push themselves in. They may push in other ways. They may, they may read more than you. They may be able to, to uh, do something else on their own without any supervision and be completely disciplined. Whereas I would come up short in that. So I look at that and go, okay, I got it. No problem. You're not going to do that at home. Then let's tack this on today. Or then let me ask you, do you think you could add another day uh, outside of here where you pick up tennis or you pick up uh, whatever the sport, you know, pick a sport. I'm, I'm big on doing sports, not just fitness, but, but anything that's, that's an activity. So, yeah, I think there's, I think there's waste of time. I think there's waste of time in all walks of life, but when there, when there's an end goal of, I want to look a certain way or feel a certain way or move a certain way or be timed at a certain way or lift a certain way by this, then I like to put together a program and let's, let's execute that as a team. And what I like about this is you're talking about a holistic approach to fitness gunner. And I think a lot of people look, there's this whole mystique about the quote unquote celebrity trainer, the Hollywood trainer, the, and you see so much crap out there on social media and people self-glossing and trying to call themselves what they're not. But the reality is what you do, you don't do anything that is special, right? You, all you do is you apply the ouch, basic physiology, ouch, right? Ouch. Well, I, it's not, it's not that I don't do anything special. Oh my God. That's no, no, no. It, it's uh, how you I'll put throw, it. Wait, let me, let me back you up for a second. Uh, I would throw a flag on the term celebrity trainer. Um, but then again, that's one of those battles you're not going to win. I find that to be a funny term when people's first time I heard that they go, you're a celebrity. Trainer. I go, Whoa, what is I don't, I don't only train celebrities. I mean, at the time I, uh, I was training NBA guys. So I was training boxers. I was training professional tennis players. How am I a celebrity trainer? Because the people I train are people, you know, or, or celebrity being a vocation of sorts. So, so if you work with lawyers, are you a lawyer trainer? If you train two pediatricians, are you a doctor trainer? That's just such a funny thing, celebrity trainer. And I do think it's gotten, I think some people see that as like a pinnacle. And I think other people see that as kind of fluff, meaning you're not qualified to be, uh, let's use the term strength coach. Um, but I have, my, this, I, have the, I have the certifications as a strength coach as well. And and I made sure that I did before I got into that because I think that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be well-versed in, um, in the, the strength and conditioning protocols for sport. But I think as a trainer, if you're looking just at body composition or aesthetics, that's, that's a whole other discipline. And there are people who do that and do that really well. Um, I don't think that should be looked at with any judgment, you know, uh, active or passive. So I mean, if somebody wants to say a celebrity trainer, okay, no problem. But I also, I'm a strength coach, just so we're clear. And I think um, that's not defensive. That's just to make sure it's it's accurate in the description. As far as what I do being special or not, um, not I mean, you'd have to talk to the people who, 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 who work out with me to say it is. And I'm sure some that have come and go think, no, it's not, or he's an asshole, or, and that's fine, you know, to each his own. But I think the job is not just mapping out a program that's effective and goal-oriented, but I think the job is also keeping the person engaged. Uh, one measure that I'm proud of is um, percent, percent of cancellation. And it's funny, last year, 2020, my cancellation percent was 5.05%. Uh, and leading up to that, the average over the tw the 20 I think I've kept this log for 26 years. I've been doing it for 30. Um, 
the 26 year, it was 8%. So for whatever reason, I dropped 3% in cancellation. And I, and I think that's great. I used to have a kid I knew who was a trainer and he had a 50% cancellation rate. Didn't bother him at all. He said, I get paid for all those hours. And I said, okay, payment aside, there's something to me that, that wouldn't sit well with me. I don't want people to cancel and keep training or cancel all the time, but continue all the time. There's something, um, there's something I'm not doing my best. If, if it's that easy for you to cancel me, I'm not that compelling. If it's that easy for you to go, you know what, I'll bag my workout and I'll do X, Y, Z instead. I want it to be, Hey, I'll do that, but I got to, I have this workout schedule, so I'm going to do that. And that's where I think whether you're doing something special or not, you're doing something right because they're adhering to the, the workouts book. And ultimately that's, what's going to end up, you know, providing the results. Well, and I want to clarify what I, what I was meaning by that Gunnar, Cause I look at you and I, I do consider you a strength coach because that, that's your background. I get for the podcast four or five times a week, almost every day, I get some kind of PR crap from somebody trying to tout a quote unquote celebrity trainer saying that they're training their clients in a different way or they're doing, they created some new technique. They created something special. So they should come on the podcast. I just hit delete. You know, sometimes I, you know, send something back saying, no, it's not right. Most of the time I hit delete. And what I meant by that was all you're doing, you are doing programming that works and you create an environment that that's number one, comfortable. You know how to create that environment where people enjoy coming to. And you know how to, we talked about this before, read the room so you make you, you give people what they need, right? I mean, and you're not doing anything. Really the point never, I was trying really to make with that, and I did a crappy job of it. Is you're not doing anything that's like no. Not, I was just messing with you. Come on, man. Yeah, but I was, I was like, just messing with you. No, hey, reading reading the room is a skill set. I yeah. mean, reading the room to me. Look, all things being equal from a training standpoint, let's assume we all have the same knowledge and how the body works and what's um, what's effective uh, in terms of body improve improving the body from an aesthetic standpoint and from a performance standpoint after that it's going to come down to personality it's going to come down to um are you engaging are you charismatic are you sympathetic are you empathetic are you you're going to have a certain there's a certain thing about you you're you, you know hopefully you're not a type because because you know that's um that becomes predictable and, and tired but but you're something that people can count on right people don't come in here and go is he in a good mood today i'm not that guy uh they don't come in here and go uh is the music going to be too loud because the other day it was too loud is it going to be freezing in there today right there's something very consistent about my gym and i'm in a in a very transient city there are a lot of things that come and go in this city i know that happens everywhere but here it's um it seems a bit more commonplace than in other places i've been um but they come here and they know that the experience starts when they pull in. They know what the parking looks like. They know there's a space available because we have only X amount of people that come here. Um, they know that their bathrooms are going to free, be free because we only have X amount of people that are here. They know the music is at a certain volume. The lights are a certain way. The temperature is a certain way. It's always it's one thing that they can consciously or subconsciously rely on, and that puts them at ease and and makes it a welcoming environment. So with that table set that way, I think they're predisposed to have a good experience. Cortisol levels drop, right? They're not all 
nervous and worried, that's going to serve us from a physiological standpoint. Um, so I'm doing everything I can in my power. If they come in in a bad mood every other day, I can only do what I can do to, to alleviate that. I'm not, I'm not a shrink contrary to what people are. I'm half shrink. No, you're not. You're, you're not, you're half stupid. If you think you are, unless you're trained to be that, but if you're not, then you're just listening and letting people vent, which is fine, but you can't do that at the expense of the workout or else they won't get the results and long-term or shorter term, they're not going to come back and, and you're going to be out of business. Well, and the way I've always looked at it, it is that if you're my client and you're giving me an hour of your time, along with the money that you're going to be paying, is I owe it to you to be prepared, be ready and have everything dialed in so that when we do, when we are together, I'm focused on you. You know, it's, it's your hour. It's not about me as your trainer. It's about you as the client and saying, OK, well, what can I do? How can I get that and one from you? What can I do to push you to where you want to go? I mean, I'm sure that's the, I mean, that's your approach, right? I mean, we, we that that's kind of how you look at providing that a high level service. You, you would you would think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I look at it that way. Everything is mapped out. It's it's their hour. They I mean. I joke and I go, uh, you know, if you're training me, I, I'm on Team Pete right now. I'm not on. I'm not here for me. I've done my workout early. I'm I'm done that. I moved past that. So now I'm all yours the whole time. And and that means in terms of what I've prepared. That means in terms of what we're going to execute. That means in terms of watching you go through what we've prepared and planned and making adjustments on the fly if need be. And making sure you get the best out of this experience, uh, as I can I can control what I can control. And, and real quick to get ready to wrap it up, I'm going to bring it back to your workouts because I know you get in there early, and I know you kind of set things up so you push yourself. What are you doing right now? I think people will be interested, Gunner, in hearing how you train in terms of like what your what your approach to your workouts are. And I know it's not going to be for everybody, but right now, kind of what's in in your What's kind of getting you going and getting your workouts cranking? So um, I'm not at the Lakers anymore. Um, you know, the team, we won a championship. And so um, my energy is all back in my gym now. And that means I'm piecing together a schedule. And I've, uh, I still get in here early and I do my stuff early. And, and I've committed a little more time um, to my own workouts. I do cardio first, then I stretch, and then I do strength. Um, my cardio of choice for the last two and a half months since Thanksgiving, close to three months now, has been my Alter G treadmill, which I've had an, uh, an on and off again love affair with. Uh, sometimes it was a distant, it was a, it was a, it was a distance relationship because uh, <laughs> I'd see it over there and wasn't going near it. Uh, but now I'm back on that and I'm running and I and I, if you know what an Alter G is, you can adjust the. Uh, you can adjust the percentage of your body weight that, that when you're running, so I can drop it down to 20% of my weight or I can have it at normal pace and you're zipped into it. And, and I've been doing stuff at 85% on the days when I feel pretty sore. I'd sometimes I'll take it down to 75%. So three quarters of my body weight, that's what my foot strikes are absorbing. And it's just easier on the joints. And I do that. And then I do a full body stretch and um, then I do strength work and I do a modified push pull and I do a lot of full body stuff and I do um I hit every plane of motion I do a lot of unilateral work I have a lot of imbalances just from being in this field for as long as I've been in it and and I try to make it comprehensive and I, and I send myself emails at night I'll write 
you know, Zercher carry down track. And I'll look at that in the morning. I'll go, what was I thinking? And Oh, right. Okay. I know. And, and, and I'll do that. Or so, um, that's how I train. And some of the stuff equipment wise, I look around and I see what's in the gym that I haven't used of late. And I know it's not the equipment because I handpicked everything. So then that means it's where it's located that it's not in an easy or convenient place. So I'll either move it or I'll force myself to go to that area and I'll use it in my own workouts a couple of times. And then I'll bring it back into client workouts because I want the workouts of the clients first of all, to be effective, but I want them to be engaging as well, because if they're not going to engage, then they're not going to be effective. That's interesting. It's interesting to hear that approach, right? Cause I'm, I'm always interested in what people who are working the field, okay, what do you do for your own workouts? You spend most of your time focused on other people. How do you focus on yourself? And now to wrap up on this, I, I saw earlier that you, you used to, do you still have a relationship? What did you do with World Gym or what are you doing with World Gym this year? What's the relationship that you, you established with them? Um, the Global Fitness Ambassador for World Gym. And I'm, it's actually a partnership I'm very excited to have. Um, I've worked at, a, I trained at a World Gym when I first moved out here. And, uh, you know, back in the 1700s, I think it was me and Chris Columbus were there. Uh, but, it, but it's, it's the bodybuilding roots, but now they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not just bodybuilding. Like they're all about fitness in general and they're opened up to families and, and it's as much women as it is men. And it's not just lug heads. It's not that at all. And I like the direction that they're headed in. And I like that they're international. I grew up overseas. So I like the concept that these guys are global. They have 200 gyms worldwide and I get to be, um, a part of that and get to weigh in on that and, and, and watch the development and, and bring some newer stuff to the table. And, uh, it's fun. Great people, great people. So it's, and, an, and it's, real, it's, it's an exciting relationship. And real quick on that note, do you think that people are going to get back? I mean, I know you, your facility has been, been going cause you're one-on-one and you're very, you're very private, but do you think people are going to be comfortable and do you think we're going to see a resurgence back into the fitness industry in the coming months? Once we get this, COVID, you know, nonsense behind us in the rear view? I think, uh, yes. I mean, that's focus group of one, right? You're asking yeah. one guy's opinion. I, I just think human beings need interaction. And I think uh, socialization is important. It's important for our species. It's important for um, the friendships, camaraderie, relationships of all types to be built. And I think the gym is, is a great place to do that, right? Um, I understand restaurants, bars, nightclubs. I think this is another avenue. And I think for sure it all comes back. Um, obviously the protocols, safety protocols will be taken. Um, this, my gym smells like a swimming pool now because of all the Clorox we use in here, but it is what it is. And if that's what it takes to be safe, I'm fine. Safety first. And then uh, everybody get back into it and, and knock out these reps and sets. That's what it's all about. It's you're better served being in the gym. And I think, and that's what we're going to realize. I think what the data is going to show long-term is that people who are fit, people who are mindful about their nutrition and their health, you know, are going to be much, much better shape. If they got sick at all, they're going to, their survival, whereas the other people just kind of, you know, it affected them the way they did. All right. Well, Gunnar, I appreciate your time today. I appreciate uh, you sharing some thoughts about conditioning and kind of how you approach the fitness world, man. So can you give, uh, can you give people more information about uh, your Instagram and how people can follow what you're doing there? in kind of your Mecca of fitness located in, uh, in LA. I'm, uh, I'm at Gunner fitness on Instagram and gunnerpeterson.com, but I don't really mess with the website. That's more my wife. 
Uh, I just try to, to put things out there on, on gunner fitness that hopefully get you fired up and, or else give you a laugh. I don't get into politics or religion, not in the gym and not on the ground. <laughs> no, you wouldn't want to do that, man. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, man. No, sir. Thank you, Pete, very much. Keep killing the game. I appreciate you. Again, if you want to see that conversation live, well, obviously it's not live, but if you want to see that conversation, go to the All About Fitness Podcast channel on YouTube. I'm not going to be able to put every interview I do up there just from logistics, but that one is definitely up on the All About Fitness Podcast channel. So go check it out if you get a chance. Now, I've had the opportunity to go up to Gunner's place one or two times, and I have to tell you that he really, I mean, this is a guy that he understands what he's doing. He is an extremely confident individual. That's one of the things I like about talking with him. But when you look at who he's worked with, when you look at his list of clientele, and he's worked with a number of different celebrities. I'm sure if you go search online, you can find all the people that he's trained and all the people he's worked with. That's not that impressive to me. But what is impressive to me is the fact that he understands how to put his client's needs first. Is that he does make the experience about his clients. That's one of the things that's made him one of the most successful trainers in our business. Yes, he knows the science. Yes, he knows how to apply it. But more importantly, he knows how to give his clients what they need. He knows when to push them a little harder. He knows when to back off a little bit. And I think that's an important lesson, right? Because a lot of us, I know sometimes I need to remember that, hey, it's not all about the training. It's about what we do after the training. What we do for recovery is as important, if not more important, than what we do for the workout. And it's really, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I asked that question. Because he works with pro athletes, because he works with people who almost have to kill themselves to get their bodies ready for roles, for various performances they might do on the screen, he understands that, hey, it's not just about beating yourself up with exercise. It's about how do you take care of yourself after the workout. That's the real, if you want to understand the secret sauce, and no, I'm not talking about McDonald's, if you understand the secret sauce of, of why top performers achieve at the best, it really has to do with how they manage the recovery process, how they manage, how do they allow their body to adapt to the exercise they do. Because exercise really is only part of the equation. That's what I wanted to hear. That's not what I wanted to hear, but that's what I wanted you to hear. I wanted you to hear from one of the best in the business. He's trained world champion athletes. He's trained high-level you know, high level professionals at their, at, the, at their peak performance. Not just performers, but attorneys, agents. And if that's what he's doing with those people, it's what you should be thinking about doing in your workouts. That's what I write about in my eBooks. If you want to see how I put it together to slow down the aging process, that's what the exercise program designed for the Fountain of Youth is all about. Gunner's in his 50s and he still trains at, at a high level. And what I write about in my, in my ebook, Exercise Program Designed for the Fountain of Youth, really teaches you how to apply that to yourself. You know, I'm almost 50 and I still consider myself functioning at a relatively high level. That's all I'm trying to do with this podcast. I'm trying to put together the information. I'm trying to get the information out to you so you can learn from some of the best in the business, whether they're a researcher in an exercise phys lab, whether they're an athlete or whether they're a trainer. On All About Fitness, you're going to find out 
what works. You're going to find out how to put it into practice. You're going to find out how to use exercise to not only enhance your quality of life, but if you do it right, you can also slow down the aging process. And hey, who doesn't want that? If you want to learn about that, I put that out in an email a couple times a month. Go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. Once you sign up for the email, I'll send you a chapter from my book, Smarter Workouts, and you'll be getting the information about how to use exercise to not only do all the things we know exercise can do, but the, real, the truth of it is exercise can help expand our lifespan. Not only that, but it can add years of high-quality living, and that's exactly what you can get on the All About Fitness podcast. If you want to reach out to me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. The email is Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. You connect with me on Instagram. It's All About Fitness Podcast on Instagram. It's the All About Fitness Podcast on Instagram. And as always, thank you for stopping by. And I do look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.